Get ready for winter driving at Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers with super deals on tires, including up to $200 on new Goodyear tires, plus oil changes, brakes, batteries, and more. For value and savings, click on GoToDobbs.com today. This is the BK and Ferrario Podcast, powered by I Promise. Now here's BK and Ferrario. Two two. Carpenter with a drive out to center at the wall, and it's off the wall. Two runs will score. Carpenter digging for third. In there with a triple. Two to nothing. St. Louis on a Matt Carpenter triple in the seventh. Arenado lifts a fly ball into shallow right, and that's down for a hit. A run will score. That'll make it three to nothing. And he ended on pitch number 20 here in the bottom of the ninth. The 0-2. Swing and a miss. He struck him out. And the Cardinals take game one of the series in San Francisco. The final of five to three. Well, he made it interesting at the end, but hey, they win the game. That was an entertaining game. It's been an entertaining road trip, in my opinion, so far. We are five games through, two more in San Francisco, then the off day Thursday, and then three in Chicago. It's the Danny Mac Show on 101 ESPN. I'm Dan McLaughlin. That is BK, and Tanner is with us as well. I'll start with this, BK. I hope you had a great weekend. Absolutely. Same to you, Dan. You were uh, part of our backdrop all weekend awesome. long. I yeah. appreciate that. It was fun. Um, I, you know, the, the Colorado series, let's start with that one first hitting was lack of a better term it was hit or miss um you had the the six run 10th inning and then you kind of take that aside you're looking for the offense but for the most part clean baseball didn't see a lot of walks which i like um you had the back-to-back walks with gallegos which then set up the 0-2 pitch to diaz who is red hot he's never hit like this and he hits another homer homered in four straight But the point being is you could have won all four games. They were there for the taking. You dropped three or four. The last one was the one that stung. So you drop three or four there. Then you go to San Francisco. You're playing the team that's got the best record in baseball. And Kevin Gossman was awesome. Man, is he good. And the Cardinals are being no hit with one out in the seventh inning. But they... They find a way to get some runners on. They find a way. Matt Carpenter comes up with a big hit, and they win that game. A much-needed win for the Cardinals. So you take game one of the series, and you got Wayno going tonight. I'm really looking forward to this. Wainwright against Cueto in game two. Yeah, you got to feel good about it. Um, the problem is it's coming on the back of, I know they, they didn't play terribly against the Rockies, but eventually you just got to win games. And for whatever reason, this offense continued to kind of be muddled they were just middling all series long and dan i went back and looked at this stretch that we talked so much about going into it the tigers the pirates diamondbacks and rockies bad pitching staffs good hitting environments for the cardinals that's when the offense had to kind of step up well they were bottom 10 in basically every statistical category over that stretch of time compared to other teams the weird part is They've completely eliminated the strikeouts like they are no longer striking out offensively, which is good. Uh, Objectively, a good thing when you're not striking out as often. They have the lowest rate in baseball in that stretch. They're still not walking a whole lot, so they're putting the ball in play. The results just aren't coming as a result of that. And I don't know what it is. They're hitting the ball hard on a decent clip. Um, They're hitting line drives. It's strange, Dan. Some of it is just bad luck. And I know nobody wants to hear that right now when the offense is scuffling the way that it is. But 
that's kind of what goes into a series like Colorado when your pitching staff gives you every opportunity to win that series. And the offense, once again, was not able to step up. Coming up, we're going to visit with a former Cardinals pitcher, lefty, and that's John Tudor. That'll be at 10-15. He's headed to the Cardinals Hall of Fame. Speaking of a lefty, yesterday, KK, really good game. Seven innings, three hits, no runs, walked two, struck out two. You know, I thought they were going to have to take him out. I, when, I was so worried. When he grabbed his back, mm-hmm. for fans who didn't uh, watch the game, there was a point in uh, which it was in a bad, about midway through, was, I think he was through three and a third, and had to grab, he just, kind of one of those things where you're, you're, if anybody's had a bad back, or you have one of those times where it just grabs the lower portion of your back, he's been dealing with that all season long. That happened, and I thought, uh-oh, here we go. They're going to go to their bullpen. He's going to have to be taken out, but he gutted through it and really pitched well. Yeah, and afterwards, he actually said it wasn't a back issue. Yeah. He said it was he kind of overstrided down. And, and he kept he, looking at the mound after that, too. But yeah. I thought it was the back at first. He said it was like the second time that that's ever happened to him in his career. And it was more kind of a frightening thing for him. And so he needed the trainer to come out to kind of catch his breath again and to just cool down. And basically from that point on, Dan, he pitched almost a perfect game. He was great at after that and the other thing that I will say to your point on Gossman there are certain games where offensively if you just don't have it against a pitcher I can kind of live with that that was one of those games he was tremendous and he's been good all season long he's got a 170 RA on the season so that is forgivable the problem is when you make other guys that shouldn't look like Kevin Gossman look like a Cy Young winner last night was not that issue for him. so Mike Shield says the Cardinals need to rely on their toughness going forward you mentioned gritty you know I mean I think that's been a good characteristic of a team that you know we're just need to rely on toughness you know consistent that toughness that um, this team is is um, capable of and doing and you know gritty's gritty's a great word man it's a, it's a great compliment to a team and you know we've been in a lot of close games and we've won some and we've lost a couple recently that that stung and it's good to come in and regardless of opponent but um you know come in and play the game the right way and which we did today and it started on the mound kk was brilliant but uh, you know group got after it played hard nosed baseball alex reyes uh, winds up Uh, Finishing it off, by the way, that was some of the great news over the weekend. Alex Reyes is selected to the All-Star team, and he should be because he's had a really, really good year for a guy that's gone through a ton. And I mean a ton. Injuries, the high expectations, all that stuff. Wants to be a starter, then they throw him in the bullpen. Oh, by the way, you're going to be the closer. Remember at this point last year, we're thinking... Well, looking ahead, it's going to be Jordan Hicks. And then three months ago, we're saying, well, Jordan Hicks, by that point, uh, maybe he's in your bullpen and you've got Cabrera and you've got Gallegos and you've got uh, Alex Reyes. And so you're, you're kind of loaded up. Well, it's not worked out that way. It's been Alex Reyes and good for him making the all-star yeah, team. Let's not forget personally for him as well. His daughter, daughter going yeah. through the treatments that she had as well. So, I mean, it's just, I mean, to get to where he is today, I'm not sure there's anybody that I would want to celebrate more than Alex Reyes being able to make it to an all-star game. He absolutely deserves it. He's been tremendous for the Cardinals so far this season, and I don't expect that to change. As long as he's been healthy, it's been the case basically every time he's been up in the big leagues. The walks are always going to be something you have to deal with with him. He doesn't have the greatest command, but guys just can't hit him. So when he comes into the game, there's other pitchers that can't get away with the things that he can. He's been outstanding for the Cardinals this year. Huge congrats to him. Cardinals needed a big hit, and they got it from Matt Carpenter yesterday. It was awesome. You know, today was just what we kind of have always expected, um, what kind of club we have, which was a 
good starting pitching um, by KK, who went out and just really threw the ball well. And uh, tough, competitive at bats versus uh, a really good starting pitcher. I mean, you know, guy took a no hitter, I think, into like the top of the seventh, I believe it was, and, you know, was really just painting and not making any mistakes. And we found a way um, to scratch against them and then, you know, added some huge runs off their bullpen late in the game just because we grinded out tough at bats. Kevin Gossman, had, had, you know, he, he said he was painting, and he was. He He's hitting 95, 96. I think at one point he hit 97. And with a split finger, which is what he's throwing, it's almost like a forkball what he's throwing to, whatever you want to call it. But it looks like a fastball, and then at the very end, it just drops off the table. I mean, that thing was filthy, man. It was like a wiffle ball he was throwing out there. And, you know, there's a reason he's an all-star, and we saw that yesterday firsthand. Yeah. He was terrific, man. He's outstanding. And those are the kinds of guys that the Giants are hitting on this yes. year that Wood, makes this Di happen. Yeah. yeah. If you don't have somebody having a career year, the Giants are not in first place in their division right now. And I heard you talking about this in the crossover with the morning show. You look at the lineup yesterday, and you're like, that's the best team in baseball? Right. Them? And I know there are some injuries that are taking place right now. Buster Posey changes that lineup a bit if he's able to come in. We'll see if he's available tonight for the Giants. But it's just it's kind of wild the way that this has all been pieced together by the Giants. And it makes you look at the Cardinal side of things. You're like, why can't that lineup hit? I don't understand because I'm looking over here in San Francisco and they've got a bunch of dudes that should be past their prime. And then a bunch of guys that the casual baseball fan has never heard of. Meanwhile, the Cardinals have a bunch of guys that should be hitting, and it just doesn't piece together. It doesn't make sense. So Wainwright will go tonight against Johnny Cueto. I'm calling it a throwback game to, like, the heyday of the Reds and the Cardinals. Wayno, eight games against uh, the Giants in his career, seven starts. He's 3-5, and five, ERA under four, 51 innings, 13 walks, 21 strikeouts. Um, you'd love to see them take two of three. You've taken game one. You've beaten Kevin Gossman, who's one of the best pitchers in baseball. And Matt Carpenter said, hey, we're just trying to finish this thing up strong before the break. Uh, you know, it'd be really nice um, to finish strong here, you know, into the break. Um, you know, find a way to win a series here uh, against a first-place club. I think we'll would do wonders for a team who's kind of, you know, scuffling. I think it would give us a ton of confidence headed into Chicago. For a big series, if we're able to take care of business in both of these, I think headed into the break um, can really kind of spark our club. Go, you know, go into the All-Star break, get some rest, and come back for a strong second half, which historically, um, you know, we've always been able to do. So, you know, I know there's a lot of people that, you know, have written us off, and I think it might be. I know it's way too early to do that. I would agree. I hope he's right. I would agree. I, I, I mean, agree. I'm seeing some signs of things that are better, which is fewer walks. Um, Bader coming back does make you at least a healthier lineup. Now, am I saying there aren't warts on this team? No, there's a bunch of them. A lot of them. Uh, but I would look at the pitching overall in the last week has been better. And when you pitch like this, you have it, you at least give yourself a shot. And that's all I'm saying. Now, the offense... We can really do a deep dive into the numbers, and they're, and they're not pretty. Numbers is not the numbers are going to tell you it's not pretty. But when you pitch like this, it at least BK gives you a shot. Absolutely, and that's why the Rocky series for me was so frustrating. Was because they had a chance in every game in an environment where you shouldn't. Given what the Cardinals' pitching is right now, Wade LeBlanc spoke about this after his start. He shouldn't be able to go out there and do what he did. He did though, and he gave them an opportunity to be able to win that game. Cardinals' offense just 
hasn't done enough over the course of this stretch to be able to give me a whole lot of confidence. And the other thing, Dan, is less about the Cardinals and more about the, what's taking place in the division right now. Forget the Cubs. They're they're going to go ahead and go Lost off to the side. Lost another one yesterday. They're done. Uh, it's over for them, and it's less about their record and more about what their record means for their plans of the deadline. This is not going to be the team you see in September. The Reds are really turning it on. The Brewers have been awesome now for the last three weeks or so, and they are now nine games ahead of the Cardinals. That's just a ton of ground to be able to make up. If I had no confidence in the Brewers, if I didn't think that the Brewers were going to add anything at the deadline and maybe even get better than what they are now, maybe then I could buy into the Cardinals uh, getting back into this thing. It's just going to be a really tough road ahead. This is the BK and Ferrario podcast. Now here's BK and Ferrario. John Tudor on uh, some great teams. That was 1987 when the Cardinals defeated the Giants in postseason play. In 85, they defeated the Dodgers to head to the World Series. And now John Tudor is going to be wearing a red jacket. Tommy Hurd, John Tudor, and Bill White all will be inducted into the Cardinals Hall of Fame coming up. Not that far away, as well as Keith Hernandez. This is how good John Tudor was as a St. Louis Cardinals uh, pitcher. He has the all-time winning percentage at 7 5 705 was his winning not bad. Pers- not bad a 252 ERA he finished second in the Cy Young voting in 1985 10 shutouts a 193 ERA and it's great to uh, catch up with John Tudor I'm Dan McLaughlin that is BK hey John it's uh, great to hear your voice and uh, thanks for hopping on with us this morning how you doing I'm good, Dan. How are you guys doing? I'm doing great. Uh, are you uh, just getting in front of a mirror every morning and practicing your speech, or, or what's going on here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it only takes only takes about thirty seconds, so uh, it's good. I, yeah. I I figured that might be you. You know what, though, you, you you're getting a lot of time to think about it because we were hoping to to induct you last year, but now we're officially going to do it uh, this year. Um, are you thinking about it at all? What that day is going to be like coming up uh, to go into the Cardinals Hall of Fame? Uh, just a little bit here and there, not really. I mean, I'm not, I'm not uh, that far in advance kind of thinker. You know, I'm. I don't. Uh, I don't worry about things when I don't have to worry about them, and I don't. You know, I, I don't know. It's just. Um, It'll, it'll be fun, I'm sure. Hopefully, hopefully, I won't screw up too bad. <laughs> John, when you look back on your career here in St. Louis, though, I, it's got to be a, a proud time for you to be able to be a member of the Cardinals Hall of Fame. What what is this like? What's the last, I guess, now two years been like for you as you've kind of found out and been able to really accept all of this? No different. I mean, you know, I mean, anyone that knows me knows I'm not that guy. You know, I, I, it's not something that I was. Uh, you know, hoping would happen. Necessarily hoping would happen. And I, I don't. I don't mean that in a bad way. Uh, it, it's. It, I'm definitely. Um, you know, happy. I'm definitely proud to be part of that group. It's. A, it's obviously a very prestigious group, and a. And uh, and knowing a lot of them, um, it's. A, it's. A, it, it. It should. Be, like I said, it should be fun. It. It. I, I don't think about that kind of stuff. I just don't. You know. 
When you got the word that uh, you were headed to the Cardinals Hall of Fame, uh, can you describe what the phone call was like and maybe your emotions uh, of that day? <laughs> well, it's funny because I get the call from Mr. DeWitt, and, and, <clears throat> and I said to him, I said, Geez, you know, Mr. DeWitt, I said I almost didn't pick the phone up because I don't, I don't usually answer phone calls that I don't recognize a phone number from. And, and uh, as it, as it turned out, I had, uh, I had actually just come back from the emergency room getting stitches in my hand. And, uh, and I said, well, let me pick this up just in case it's a doctor, you know, need to reach <laughs> me for some reason. And, uh, so that's, that's kind of how it went about. And he and I, had, he and I had a nice conversation and, you know, I thanked him and it was, uh, you know, it's a, it was a proud moment for me. And it was, uh, it was, it was, it was nice. It's, it's nice to be, to be acknowledged for things that you did. And maybe some people forget some of the things that you did and, um, that were that weren't so good. And, um, it just, it was a great place to play. And I, and I really enjoyed playing in St. Louis in front of the St. Louis fans and, and uh, there's no better baseball town. John, I'd love to ask you about your 1985 season in particular. 36 starts, more than 275 innings. You had an ERA under two that year. What clicked for you that season that went so well? What do you credit that season to? Uh, I credit to the Cardinal defense. You know, that that, that ball club was uh, was was definitely the best team I ever played on, you know, defensively, they were unbelievable. I mean, when you, when you got Terry and Ozzie and Tommy Hearn and Jack and, and Vince and Willie and Andy Van Slyke out in the outfield, you know, it's, it's, uh, you know, and I've said this a hundred times, it's shame on me if I didn't throw the ball over the plate and let, let, let the ball get put in play. Uh, because most of the mistakes that, that, I made in particular as a pitcher didn't show up on the scoreboard. So long as you kept the ball in the ballpark, you had a really good chance of getting it out on a ball on a ball that was hit. John Tudor is our guest, the Cardinals Hall of Famer. Take us back to 1985. You start that year, whatever it was, one in six, one in seven, and someone, and I, I know the story, but I'd rather have you explain it uh, to our listeners, uh, picks up a little flaw in watching a game, but uh, explain exactly what happened, and then subsequently after that was detected, what took place for you? Well, you know, I'd come over to the Cardinals and Mike Work and I had, we, we were trying to figure out what the heck was going on. Uh, there, there was something just quas- wasn't quite right. Uh, I, I wasn't a one in seven pitcher and I, and, and I wasn't a 20 in one pitcher either. Uh, you know, but, uh, you know, I, I fall somewhere in between there, mm-hmm. you know, as a career guy. And uh, a, a buddy of mine and I were talking on the phone, a guy that, I, that was my catcher in high school, and uh, we were talking about, something after a game and he mentioned, uh, you know, a little mechanical thing to me. And, um, and I said, Oh yeah, well, that's, that's because Mike and I had tried and, and, and Mike had no background with me whatsoever. And he put, he busted his rear end to try and get things figured out with me on the side. And, uh, we just couldn't figure it out. And it, it, you know, it's sometimes it's just a really minor little thing that either makes everything right or makes everything right in your head. And and both of those things have to be in place in order for for a professional athlete or anybody really to be successful. And he mentioned a little a little a little pause in the top of my delivery. I call it a gathering point. And uh, Mike and I went and put it to work in the bullpen. And and uh, I think I got to win my next my next time out. And then I just kind of rode the wave of that cardinal 
uh, team. And, um, you know, right, right to the last game. And, uh, and it just, you know, then, it, then it kind of fell apart, you know, it, but, uh, yeah, it was, it was fun. It was fun while it went on, you know, and tried my best not to, not to think about it, not to jinx it. And, because I think we're all we're all a little superstitious. When things are going good, we want them to stay going good. Well, you ended up going fourteen and one in your final twenty starts. So I'd I'd say that the the changes worked out all yeah. right for you. The other thing was the eleven complete games in those last twenty starts, and the number of innings that you threw that year with two hundred and seventy five. We just don't see that in baseball nowadays, John. What do you attribute that to? Is there, when you watch pitchers nowadays that are going like 200 innings as the maximum that you'll see in the game nowadays, what do you think has changed from when you threw 275 to where we are today? It's a change of philosophy, is what it is. I mean, there's there's, there's nothing that stops or or prevents these guys from throwing those. Days. I mean, you, you look back at the guys that that played 15 years before me. You know, the Gibsons and the and 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 those kind of guys, and, and they're routinely throwing over 300 innings every year. It's just, it's it's just a change in philosophy. You know, they the, the uh, ownership has decided that, hey, we we don't want these guys throwing those kind of innings. We want we want them around uh, for longer. Um, and and I think the players have players have bought into it. They're they're making so much money that. Hey, if they can pay an extra, play an extra five years, then that's that's a lot of money in the bank. And and I, I don't know if it's right or if it's wrong. You know, it's just it's just the way it is now. What was it like, John, in, from your perspective, pitching for Whitey? Uh, we all love Whitey here in St. Louis. I'm uh, assuming you feel the same way. But uh, what was it like pitching for Whitey? Whitey was great. You know, Whitey Whitey gave you the opportunity to to screw up and get yourself out of trouble. <laughs> you know, you gave me the chance, you know, I mean, it, it once you prove to Whitey that you had the ability or the, or the uh, to, to get yourself out of trouble in, in some situations, he gave you that opportunity. You know, if, if you threw the ball over the plate and, and you, and you did play the game the right way, uh, Whitey was a great guy to play for. If, if you, if you didn't throw the ball over the plate, then you didn't stay in a, a Whitey Herzog pitching staff very long. I mean, and, and just those were, that's just the way it was and, and, and the way it really should be. Um, but, um, you know, what he was good. He, he was, he was very low key. He was, he wasn't high strung. He wasn't a yeller and a screamer. Um, if, if he had a problem with you, he let you know, you had a problem, you had a problem. And, and, and if you fixed it, you fixed it. If you didn't, then you went somewhere else. And, um, you know, I thank Whitey for a lot of things. You know, for you know, uh, you know, pushing from from for me to you know to be on the ballot for the Hall of Fame, and 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 really much earlier than that, staying with me through a one and seven start, and um, and continuing to give me the opportunity to go out there and, and turn things around. John, it wasn't just Whitey. You were also around Don Zimmer early in your career. You had Tommy Lasorda later on as well. What were some of the similarities between those three who are obviously known as great baseball men all in their own right? I played for a guy named Chuck Tanner in Pittsburgh, too, Not too who, bad. Was, who, was, who was a very good manager, too. And, 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 and Chuck was a lot like Whitey in that he was very low-key and that he, he, didn't, he didn't, didn't go off and... and, and and, and create uh, uncomfortable situations for you. You know, I mean, uh, 
Zim early in my career, and Zim Zim didn't like young pitchers. He didn't like he, Zim and I. I don't want to say we didn't get along, but I, I I don't think that Zim thought a lot of me as a pitcher back in those days, and and and, and probably rightfully so in in some aspects. Uh, but uh, and Tommy, I was only with Tommy for a short period of time, and Tommy was great. Tommy was your proverbially yell and a screamer. Uh, you know, he would he be he'd the guy to come in and turn over the the spread table after a, after a bad game and yell and scream and and do those kinds of things. And that was just his style. And all managers have different styles. You know, you've got Earl Weavers who who were like that. You know, and a lot of other guys as well. Um, but I think I benefited from from playing with, from all of those guys, you know, I enjoyed playing for all of those guys. And, um, and they're all, they're all part of the, part of the process. In terms of going into the Cardinals hall of fame, my final question for you, uh, John, but to, to go in with Tommy, her, and to, to go in with Bill White and to go in with uh, also Keith Hernandez, who was part of that heated rivalry with, with the Cardinals and the Mets. Um, but you know, specifically Tommy, her, what's that mean to you? I think it's great. I mean, it's great for Tommy. And it's great for me. It's great for Whitey. You know, he's, I think his teams have uh, got recognition over the years as being some pretty good teams. And uh, you know, I've, I've heard people saying it's true. If we if we if we'd won in '85 and '87 or one or the other, I think those teams would be looked at a lot differently. And, um, <laughs> and unfortunately, I have to say, I played a pretty good role in that not happening. But but uh, you know. Being with Tommy and, and and having played against Keith, I never played with Keith, but Keith was a great competitor and a, and a great opponent, and uh, and the guy that went out and, and really played the game the right way, played the game hard. Uh, it, it's 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 a great honor. It's just a great honor for all of us to be voted in by the Cardinals um, uh, fans, which is which is what it's really all about. Absolutely. Hey, John, thanks for hopping on. We appreciate it. It's always great to hear your voice, and uh, we'll see you in St. Louis very soon. Practice up that speech, all 30 seconds. <laughs> okay, sounds good. Take care. <laughs> you got it. That's uh, John Tudor, the Cardinals Hall of Famer. Man, was he good in 1985. He was, I mean, obviously very good his entire career here in St. Louis, but 85, after he figured out the mechanical flaw, it was like game over, man. He, yeah. He'd take them out, and you were like, okay, he's going to win. And if not for Dwight Gooden, he probably wins Cy Young. Yeah, and eleven, like I said, 11 of those last 20, he ended up going the complete game down the stretch. It, it's unbelievable. When you look at back at some of the numbers from those 80s teams, Dan, just in general, but John Tudor's 85 season being among them, it's absurd what some of those teams posted, whether it be the stolen base numbers from basically everybody or some of the pitching numbers. It's amazing. This is the BK and Ferrario podcast. Now here's BK and Ferrario. I enjoyed that with John Tudor. That was fun. He's great. He's I great. think fans love hearing from the guys of the uh, the teams that really introduced uh, another generation of Cardinal fans to to baseball. 82, 85, 87, Whitey Ball, that was fun. Um, we get a text from the 618. I don't have my glasses on. I'm getting old, BK. It says, uh, hey, guys, um, do you guys miss baseball how it used to be played? I miss aspects of it. But I'm also open to the idea that things change and sports change. You know, I miss watching the NBA on NBC with Marv Albert and Michael Jordan being on every Saturday. You know, I miss that. 
You know, I mean, I miss things change and and the sport is now I'll say this, though, with the sport of baseball, in my opinion, it has changed dramatically in the last five or 10 years, probably more than it changed in the last 50. So I, I do wonder, though, like I was I asked Ricky Horton this the other day, we we're just kind of talking about the game and and um I said, did, did you guys get heat for how you guys played the game? I mean, you guys were running wild with Vince Coleman and uh, Ozzy and Terry Pendleton and Tommy Hur and your button and, I mean, Willie and it, it entertaining, man, believe me. And when I mean heat, but did the older players say, well, back in my day, you know, the guys in the 60s, he said, yeah, we got a little bit of that, I guess. But it was just so entertaining. You, you enjoyed it where I think the way the game has changed now, the entertainment aspect isn't quite there to where it was in the 80s, obviously. So, but you you look at like 98, not many people were turning off the TVs in the summer of 98. Now we all know in retrospect yeah. that some of that was aided, but it was enjoyable to see the home runs for a lot of people. So I, I'm, I'm okay. I mean, just adapt, adapt with how the game is played. It's interesting because I'm kind of of two minds on this. Like on one hand, I see a play like last night with Fernando Tatis Jr. made at shortstop where he like had two jumps basically within one. And I'm like, man, how could anybody not enjoy watching that? But then you watch the other side of the ball, and it's because there's too few opportunities for Fernando Tatis Jr. to make that kind of a play. That being said, I'm also watching the Cardinals right now, and their strikeout rate is, for the last month or so, the lowest in the league, which is great, but they're not scoring any runs. So are you willing to take a little bit more strikeouts to produce more runs if that's the payoff that you have to take? Maybe. It's it's tough, Dan. Um, I look around the league right now and there's as many young stars in the game as I've ever seen in my lifetime, at least. And that's great. There's also a trade off there with some of the ways that the game is played right now. And those need to get fixed. And I do think there are people in place that are trying to get get us there. Three one four asks about the Cardinals Hall of Fame uh, ceremony. It will be back to normal. It's going to be back at uh, Ballpark Village and you'll have the three that were not formally introduced last year, making their speeches. And then um, also the. uh, Let's see what else we have. And then obviously Keith Hernandez going in this year. So that's going to be Saturday, August 21st. And that is open to the public at Ballpark Village, Saturday, August 21st. Um, This is interesting from Buster Olney. He says in a, a tweet, what is amazing about the NL playoff standings is how the wild card appears to be inaccessible to teams outside the National League West, making it easier for some teams to decide to buy or sell. Per fan graphs, playoff chances for the Cubs, 6.3%. Cardinals, 2.4%. Atlanta, 13.9%. Uh, Cincinnati, 19.3%. Washington, 5.3%. And the Phillies, 113 Cardinals, within the division, it's going to be tough. Now, you do have, I think, like 10 games or something like that in the final 35, 40 days with Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. So if you get within a range of head-to-head, you could look at that and say, hey, that's our shot. That could be good or bad, right. depending on how you look at it. That's right. You know, it's two-game swing, one way you want to look at it, win or lose. Um, but then you, you you do start looking at where you're at with the wild card. Cardinals, I think, are about eight and a half out. Is that right? Seven and a half Seven as half. of today, yeah. Okay. The problem is the, the number of teams they would have to jump. So they're tied with the Braves right now and the Phillies at seven and a half back. But you've got the Nationals ahead of them, the Cubs ahead of them, the Reds ahead of them, and right now the Padres have that final spot. 
That's who they're seven and a half back of. Some quick hitters around Major League Baseball. Uh, as we talked about over the weekend, the rosters announced for the All-Star Game. Alex Reyes joins Nolan Arenado. Love to see it. So you got two Cardinals there. Nolan is in at uh, third base. Only third baseman ever voted in for the Cardinals by the fans was uh, Joe Torre and Scott Rowland, and now Nolan Arnato. So congratulations to Nolan. Congratulations to Alex Reyes. Well-deserved. I do find this year more so interesting in how fans, the hardcore diehards, and the casual of fan uh, approaches the All-Star game, meaning this. Like Max Scherzer is not voted into the All-Star game or selected to the All-Star game. I love watching that guy pitch. But I find myself not really worried about certain guys being in or out this year because all I really want to watch is Shohei Otani. And Joe Madden said this weekend, he said, by the way, he's, uh, you know, don't don't worry about him being one or the other. He's going to pitch and hit. So if you want to watch him pitch and hit, he is the story of baseball. Hit another home run, I think maybe two this weekend. He's up to 31. 31 bombs, it's man. He's for like 60 home runs this year. Yes. It's insane. And he's hitting triple digits. By the way, he steals bases, too. Mm-hmm. No one talks about that. Oh, he's he's a five-tool player. Yeah. Six. He can pitch. He's got that going for him, too. So he has the most home runs now by an angel before the All-Star break. It's not Pujols. It's not Mike Trout. It's Shohei Otani. Tied third most by any player before the All-Star break since 02. Tied for the most home runs in a season by a Japanese-born player in Major League history, Hideki Matsui, 2004. Uh, Pujols made history yesterday against the Marlins. Trevor Rogers is sitting on a win right now on 1-1. Line drive to center field. Base hit for Albert Pujols. So the Dodgers again are going to bring the tying man to the plate here in the eighth inning with nobody out. And Will Smith will be the batter. For Pujols, hit number 3288 all time. He's now 15 behind Willie Mays. He is 41 hits out of the top 10 all time in Major League history. 6,000 total career bases. Wow. 6,000 total bases. Just the fourth player to reach that mark. Hank Aaron, Stan the Man, Willie Mays, Albert Pujols. Not a bad group to be a part of. Wow. Man, I wish he was on the Cardinals. It's incredible. It's incredible. (laughs) He's been really good for the Dodgers. Like what he's done for yeah. them is he's provided a real boost offensively, especially against left-handed pitchers. It's been tremendous in that regard. And he's, he, he seems to be revitalized a bit since joining LA and going to a team that's a little bit more in the race. Well, that's the thing. I think when you're that stage of your career and you go to a lesser team, just because you're trying to get to a milestone of home runs. Now I think St. Louis would have been different because of the reception he would get here in town and you're back with the original team where you had all the great success. That's an outlier, but anybody else, if you're not in the race, Eh, it's tough to go to the ballpark yeah. sometimes. You made all the money. You've, you've, you've done fine there. You're not doing it because of the money. You're doing it because you lo- you know, you're trying to get to a milestone, but yet you're out of the race. Eh. I mentioned his numbers against lefties, batting 315 against them with an OPS nearing 1,000. Not bad Pretty at all. Pretty darn good. Yeah, you take that, and that's what they needed. The Cubs are reeling right now. Ball was launched to deep right field, and it is gone. Wow. Long gone for Andrew Knapp. Who only got a double play. Odubel out toward left center field. It is gone. It's a three-run home run for Herrera. And the Phillies have busted this ball game wide open. It is now a 10-2 game here in the top of the eighth inning. 
So much for the Cubs bullpen. That was at Wrigley, by the way. So they went one and nine, I believe, on their trip. That was at Wrigley. The final of thirteen to three. They've dropped ten in a row, so they're out of the race. Which in this uh, ten in a row, that was also four straight that they dropped to the Brewers. Really interesting to see what they're going to do now at the deadline. Because for a while, you could make the case, hey, they're in the race. We're going to keep our guys and maybe even add. I'm not so sure they do that now. It's going to be tough to be able to to sell that to the fans, no pun intended. Um, the Cardinals have a way of basically putting the nail in the coffin, though. I mean, they go into the All-Star break with three straight against the Cubs in Wrigley. That could be huge. If the Cardinals are able to at least take two out of three, that could help their decision-making process. And then, oh, by the way, coming right out of the All-Star break, you've got another four in St. Louis against the Cubs head-to-head. If you win like five out of seven against the Cubs and put them behind you and in fourth place in the NL Central, their decision is made for them. There's no way they're going to be able to buy or hold at the deadline. They got to sell. If you didn't know it, John Nagowski is no longer in the Cardinals system. He is with the Pirates and the Pirates brought him up and he made an impact. And how about the big Nagowski? Rips it through the left side. Welcome to the Berg. No go. Pirates lead three to one. Gave two nicknames. Both of them were the wrong one. It's the Nog Father, man. It's the Nog Father. See, you were all over Greg Brown before, and now he's going the big Nagowski. Yeah, we've got beef. He doesn't know it. He's never heard of me, nor should he have ever heard of me. But we've got real beef. This one really hits me even harder than than any of the ridiculous catchphrases that he uses. Tanner, when uh, Cardinals and Pirates hook up, we're going to book uh, Greg Brown. <laughs> Sounds good. He's not okay. allowed on this show. <laughs> Greg does been, a great job. I'm sure he's wonderful. Just he's not a, for this show. He's a great guy. He can go on the morning show. He can go on the afternoon show. Just from 10 to 2, he's not allowed. And this was the final nail in that coffin. Yeah. <laughs> because of the Nogfather. This one hurts you. It is. It does. Um, we are going to do a eulogy for John Nagowski later on today. It, are you really? Yeah. We. What do you mean? Are we? Absolutely. We had one for Millsy. Alex had to, you know, put his feelings aside for that one. Ravello, we had to do one, one for, for Ravello. And now it's... Where is Ravello now? Any idea? Uh, maybe overseas. Okay. We, we miss maybe. him. Maybe. I'm, I'm not quite sure. He's with the Angels. Blue Jays hoping to play home games by late July. So they have been down in Sarasota. They're up in Buffalo for home games. Awesome to see Vianney uh, graduate. Nick Allgaier. Uh, make his major league debut. So that was great to see. And uh, Nick's father works at Bally Sports. He is oh, our cool. head of sales. He has been there forever. And uh, it's, I've, I've watched his, um, basically his road to try to get to the big leagues. It's been a long one. So Nick Allgaier, he's a big left-handed pitcher, pitched at Iowa, and he makes it to the big leagues, which is awesome. Did you see Jake Berger's post-game interview, by the way? I don't know it's if you guys cool. were able to see it uh, yes. over the weekend. Um, if anybody and he's from CBC High School. Yeah, he's from the St. Louis area. For anybody that hasn't, seek that out, whether it be on Twitter or just on the internet. It's all over the place. His post-game interview that he did with uh, Jason Benetti, the play-by-play guy for the White Sox, was fantastic. And Benetti asked very simple, concise questions, basically like, what was today like for you? And then Berger mentioned there were times when he thought about quitting. He talked with his parents about it, and he had real conversations. And he said, why didn't you quit? And just the process of him taking you through what it's like to be a minor leaguer and how difficult it is to actually reach the big leagues, much less stay in the majors. 
was really cool. It was a touching moment, and he's been successful since coming up. So huge congrats to him on what's been a successful start to his major league career. Dodgers manager Dave Roberts doesn't expect Trevor Bauer back after his leave of absence ends on Friday. So that could be a situation that goes on and on and on. And Tigers third base coach Chip Hale leaving to become the head coach at Arizona. So those are the news and notes around Major League Baseball again. Wayno and Cueto tonight, and we'll have it for you on Bally Sports. I'm looking forward to your program coming up. Are you looking forward to the uh, eulogy for no. our guy, John? <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> By the way, he'll probably get a run with the uh, Pirates. Just and he's going to be good for him. It, <laughs> won't strike, strike out a lot, put the ball in play, and you know, put up some numbers. There's we'll see. no doubt in my mind he's going to hit 300 for the next month. <laughs> no <laughs> doubt in my mind. Well, the way things are gone, you never know. It's going to be great. Uh, so we're going to talk about that coming up at 1230. We've got the great Jeremy Rutherford. Katie Wu will join the show today. We're going to start things off with a Jekyll and Hyde weekend for the Cardinals. That didn't make any sense. You struggle against the Rockies. You're great last night against the Giants. Somebody try to make sense for me because I am running out of ways to describe this Cardinals baseball season. It's called baseball. Okay. That's yeah. It's just weird, man. Baseball is just weird. The Cardinals are a... Even in what is a strange sport, the Cardinals are, are and Yankees are two teams that I just can't wrap my arms around. Just don't get it. Yeah. And, you, you know, you think things are kind of gone up and down here. How about with the Bronx, man? Yeah. They're fired up with the Yankees. They're wanting everybody fired. There was a story from uh, Buster Olney earlier today on whether or not they should fire Brian Cashman. They're 42 and 41. Yeah. It's crazy. You've been listening to the BK and Ferrario podcast powered by I Promise. Peloton, let's go! This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors. We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes, from running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home-trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you.